If you don't have something in your core driving you to get out of bed every morning, to keep you excited, just the idea of making money will eventually probably wear off. And so if you have a deeper mission and you're really tied to that, that's how you create lasting success. Welcome, everybody. This is For the Love of Money, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success by sharing the tools, tips, and stories of those who have already made it. My name is Chris Harder, and each week I will bring you incredible guests in order to prove that when good people make good money, they do great things. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another amazing episode of For the Love of Money. I cannot wait for you to listen to my interview today with John Jakes. I saw Jonathan very first time at a mastermind where he was performing magic while teaching self-development and business strategies. It was one of the coolest presentations I'd ever seen in my life. And I knew right then and there that I had to get him on the show. So Jonathan is a magician who does just that. He leverages social media to tell captivating stories and to raise awareness for very important issues, but also to train you in the areas of self-development and to train you in the areas of entrepreneurship because it's easier to keep your attention while he's using magic as metaphors to deliver some of these messages. Now, he blew my mind when I saw him in person. He is really somebody special that I want you to get to know. Now, he's also an expert in creating virality. I mean, in this day and age, everybody is trying to get their videos on Instagram, their videos on Facebook, their videos on YouTube to go viral, except almost none of us are able to do it. And in this day and age of really tough social media growth, getting your content to go viral is the key to growth. It really is the only way you're really going to move that needle anymore. So he's helped to create viral videos in the hundreds of millions of views. Let that sink in. Hundreds of millions of views. And he even uses his very own skill sets to grow his own Facebook from zero to almost a million followers in just 10 months. Pretty amazing, right? And he earned over 100 million views himself while doing that in that very short period of time. Now, I know you think it must be his magic tricks that everyone's watching and sharing and all that stuff that gets him the growth, but that's not true at all. As a matter of fact, he says content is only 30% of the equation and the other 70% are some very special strategies around distribution and a few other things that he teaches and shares in this very special episode. And so you're going to walk away from this episode knowing how to get way more eyes on your content on social media than before you listen to it. Matter of fact, he shares a very special distribution hack with you that anybody, any one of you can use. Now, even better, and the reason why I really wanted to have him on is this. His ethos for giving is amazing. He fits the show to a T. And quite honestly, his favorite moment of giving that he describes will have you in tears at the end of the show as it did him as he describes it. Matter of fact, at the age of 12 is when he started giving and he's raised over a half a million dollars using his magic for numerous charitable organizations. And he's appeared in over a hundred newspapers and magazines. Like everyone's talking about this guy. So listen, this is a very special episode where you're going to learn very special lessons on how to create virality in your content for your business on social media. But more importantly, I think you are going to be inspired and even left with a few happy tears as you listen to his favorite moment of giving. So listen up, take some notes, because here we go. John, my friend, welcome to the show. How are you doing, man? 
I'm doing awesome, Chris. Thanks so much for having me. Dude, ever since I met you in the backyard of that mansion in Malibu and saw you doing your magic, I couldn't wait to get you on this episode because for you, it's not about the magic, but it's about the impact and, and it's everything that this show stands for. So I know everybody's in for a treat today. Well, thank you. Yeah, really happy to be here. So I don't know if you know this or not, but I start my show with rapid fire. It's a fun way to help my listeners get to know you in a hurry. And then if something really good comes up, we'll circle back around and do a deep dive on it. How's that sound? Okay, cool. Let's do it. All right, we're starting easy, man. Where'd you grow up? Glastonbury, Connecticut, small town. And where do you live now? I live in Los Angeles. What part of LA are you in, by the way? I, this I I'm actually a, don't know. Yeah, Woodland Hills. Oh, very uh, cool. Near Calabasas, Malibu area. Very cool. Right by the Kardashians. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite quote? Uh, favorite quote, knowing is not enough. We must apply. Wishing is not enough. We must do. Ooh, so good. Can we just end it right there? Like, there you go, everyone. There's your lesson. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's one of your superpowers? Uh, superpower, I would say presenting, connecting with uh, a large group of people and sharing a message and hopefully leaving them with an experience like they've never had before. I would absolutely agree because I've seen it in action. What's one of your favorite books? Uh, Awaken the Giant Within, Tony Robbins. Old school. Changed my life. Love yeah. it. What's one thing you're challenged by right now? I would say strategically growing a winning team. I recently launched a company and it, things are just exploding. And it's at the point where one person, it is not possible to execute on all of these tasks. So you're trying to scale really fast, grow the team in order to gain that support, but you don't want to do it too fast where your revenue doesn't match up. So uh, that's sort of where I'm at right now. That's probably the biggest challenge. And I always say the toughest part of business is finding your people. It really is. Definitely. What's one of your all-time favorite accomplishments thus far? So I put out content on social media, as you know, and I essentially blend my skills as a professional magician with motivation. So I'm trying to put out an uplifting and positive message for people. And I've received over the last year and a half since I've been doing this, uh, 17 messages from people who said that in some way, something I said or did in one of those videos saved their life. Oh. And to me, there's just no greater gift than that. And it just goes to show that one little thing that perhaps you didn't think was a big deal, maybe it's a compliment you gave someone, something you did for someone can absolutely change someone's life. And I had no idea that the content I was putting out had that level of impact. Oh my God. Like That's as good as it gets right there, right? 100%. I love it. What's something generous you've done recently? Uh, recently? So I would say mentorship. Uh, I had a friend who recently essentially lost his job and uh, he was in a tough spot. And he saw all of the success that I was having on social media and you know, through my courses that I offer online and all of these things. And he basically expressed a ton of interest and showed that he wanted to achieve similar results. And so I essentially took him under my wing and showed him what I've been building for the last eight months or so. And we're just getting ready to launch his funnels online and, and his uh, content on social media and all of that stuff. And it's just pretty special to have you know, given him that gift and that experience that I had to live one time. And hopefully, 
it works. <laughs> I love that, man. Sometimes our time and our expertise is the most valuable thing you can give. And last but not least, what are you grateful for today? Uh, well, okay. So that's interesting that you asked. So that same friend is actually here with me in LA, helping me with my own projects because <laughs> I'm about to really ramp up speaking engagements. And he's an expert at outreach and email marketing and all of these things to connect with a lot of these event organizers. So uh, yeah, it's funny. When you when you give, you get back in return. So uh, that's what I'm grateful for. We're having a good time. We've been working hard, pulling like you know 1 a.m. mornings and uh, just getting a ton of work done. Oh so. man, I love that. That's the way it's supposed to work. Okay, so let's dive a little bit deeper in the interview. And I really want people to get to know you the way I did. And my sure. first question for you is, how in the world did you get into magic? Like, How did you become this magician that actually uses his magic to teach beautiful lessons as you do today? Yeah. So when I was six years old, my parents bought me a magic set for Christmas. Totally random gift. People ask all the time, you know, is your dad a magician, your uncle? Nothing like that. I got this gift under the tree, ripped it open. I started, you know, kind of tinkering with the magic tricks in there. And I fell in love with it. I can't really explain it, but it's one of those things that just clicked for me. And the reactions on people's faces, being able to connect with people and show them something unique was just amazing for me. And so it started out as a hobby. And by 10 years old, I actually built a show and turned this into a career. So at 10 years old, I officially became a professional magician, which is uh, pretty cool. Like legit paid for it at 10. Absolutely. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. uh, And I really started because my parents, they saw that I was interested in this. And my parents are amazing, by the way. They always told us kids, no matter what you want to do in life, we'll support you 110%. And they, even if times got tough or whatnot, they give their lives for their children, which is uh, just so special to me and wouldn't be here without them. Uh, But essentially, they loaned me $1,000 at the age of nine. They said, if you want to build this show that you've been talking about, if you're serious about this, we're going to loan you this money. We're not gifting it to you. This isn't a handout you're going to have to pay us back. And so I decided, well, I'll do magic shows in order to recoup this investment. And sure enough, things started to snowball. By 12 years old, I was doing over 250 shows a year around the world. By 14, I was performing in front of crowds of up to 8,000 people. And it just went on and on from there. It's crazy. So your first trick was turning a thousand dollars into several thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. it. Do you remember your sure. first trick, by the way? Like the first one you nailed? Uh, definitely. Yeah. There was this uh, blue vase, which is popular in just about every magic kit out there. There's a little red ball inside, and you essentially make the ball appear and disappear. Silly little trick. I actually don't even remember what it's called, but uh, that was the first one that. I started working with. Oh my God, that's awesome. Okay, so here you are, this teen, you're raking it in. You're like, I am the world's greatest magician. (laughs) What was next for you? You know, so after that, uh, I really rode that wave throughout college. I was performing shows on the weekends, four to eight shows per weekend. At first, it was a lot of birthday parties, special events, summer camps, things like that. I started to escalate into trade shows and more corporate events. And that's when I, started blending more of my magic with an inspirational or motivational message or a sales message. And that's when I started to really set me on this path 
to more towards what I'm doing now. Okay, let's get into that. Like, how in the world did you go from performing magic to saying, you know, this would be really cool if I use this to leverage self development or business messaging? Yeah, so I was definitely inspired by a mentor of mine. Um, his name is Joel Bauer. Joel Bauer. He actually lives uh, about 15 minutes from me. He's in he's in our area, and this is what he was doing for a long time, uh, performing at you know a lot of corporate events and trade shows. And he was really the leading expert. If you had a trade show and you wanted to build a crowd, that's exactly what Joel did. So he has a phenomenal way of integrating the company's sales message with his magic. And this is common in the magic community now, where essentially you're performing for a corporation. They don't just want to see a magic show. If you take it a little bit deeper, not only is it more impactful for the audience, but obviously you can raise your rates and now it becomes so much more than just entertainment. So I definitely didn't come up with this concept, but I find my own spin and my own unique messages that I like to weave in and blend with this magic to leave the audience with something a little bit more. Do you have a favorite trick and message combo? Huh. It's a good question. I've never been asked that before. I would say this. Uh, there is this effect that I did. It's so simple. I used to do it when I was seven years old, where you take a needle and it's this giant sewing needle, essentially, and you pierce it all the way through a balloon. and The reason I would say this is the most impactful for me is because at the time that I actually recorded this for social media, I was going through a difficult time in my life. And this entire trick and message combo is about overcoming pain. And essentially, the way to beat pain is through progress and action. And so I crafted this message. And it was just so near and dear to me because I was literally living it in that moment. And so at first, I take the balloon and the needle and I I pop the balloon and I say, listen, if you focus on the pain, you're going to drive yourself crazy uh, and it's going to consume you. And the needle obviously represents the pain. And then I uh, essentially grab another balloon. I stick the needle through and I essentially explain if you surround yourself with goals and the second balloon is filled with a bunch of pieces of paper that have different goals written on them, you know, you start surrounding yourself by better people and moving yourself forward and having things to look forward in life, what happens is instead of that pain destroying you, it starts to pass through you. And essentially you end up going and moving through this challenge and obstacle. And at that point, this needle slides through the entire balloon without popping it. And the balloon lifts off the ground and and starts to float away. And so it's just a really special message to me because it was what I was going through and, and definitely what I learned through that process. You blew our minds when you did a bunch of these tricks for us that night in the, in the backyard there around the fire. There really is something way more captivating about delivering a message while you have our undivided attention watching the trick. I mean, it really is a superpower. Thank you. So Thank you. when did you decide to take this to the next level. You know, you're kind of the king of virality. You've got like a million Facebook followers and I think you crush it, you know, 10x that or whatever your numbers are on YouTube. Matter of fact, where where are you most prevalent? Where are you most viral? Actually, most is Facebook. My strategy has been, and this is pretty common. I'm friends with a lot of the influencers out here in LA. Uh, You know, many of them have tens of millions of followers, but they essentially told me, John, focus on one platform, dominate on it, 
and then start to move that following cross-platform and, and build up the other channels. And so for me, that was Facebook. The, that's where I wanted to start at that time. Everyone was on Facebook. It's blowing up and it still is. I mean, obviously 2.1 billion people. Um, and now I'm actually starting to do that process of moving that traffic elsewhere. But I think so many people get stuck because they try to do every platform all at once. They have no team and it's just so much work if you don't have a system for it. And so for me, uh, Facebook is the largest. I right, see so you're crushing it in the world of virality. What do we need to know? Because let's be honest, everyone's trying to do that right now. Everyone's trying to have viral Instagram videos or viral Facebook videos or viral YouTube videos. And you know, 0.00001% of people actually achieve this. So hmm. are there some steps? Are there some like must-dos? How do we get more eyes on our damn content? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll actually I'll give you a little bit of background on how I learned a lot of my strategies. So right after graduating from college, I joined a startup in San Francisco and essentially the company was called Virule. What we did was help videos go viral. And the way we did it was we had a network of over 100,000 sites that we worked with. Everyone from USA Today to Wall Street Journal to Forbes. And we could take any YouTube video, place your video on that site as an ad unit. And all of a sudden, everyone who's on usatoday.com in that moment they're seeing your YouTube video, right? So in growing this company, we, we grew it from zero to over $20 million a year in less than two years. And it just grew like wildfire. I was able to really learn how to master this game at such a high level. And so I was dealing with literally $500,000 advertising budgets for promoting a single video. So I've actually promoted some of the most viral videos in history for one of them was with Turkish Airlines. It was coined YouTube's ad of the decade. We got them over 149 million views and it just blew up. They won a ton of awards for this campaign and all of that. So I definitely was able to hone a lot of these skills by playing at this high level because you have so many data points and so much info coming in on what makes these videos go viral that you just cannot achieve if you're spending 100 bucks on a Facebook ad. So essentially, I quit that job and I said, okay, I've mastered these skills. I'm going to go out and do this for my own audience. Let me put these skills to the test and try to figure this out. Well, here's the interesting part. What I learned is you know, it's very easy to go viral if you have half a million dollars in an advertising budget to promote your video. right? And so essentially what I had to do is use a lot of the knowledge that I started with and, and a lot of my background in advertising and modify it to find the growth hacks, the strategies that don't cost a lot of money because obviously I don't have that kind of money or budget, uh, especially at that time. So essentially what people need to know is this, right? It is all about distribution. So many people on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, no matter what platform you're focused on, especially if you're just starting out, they only focus on the content, right? What do I look like in this video or picture? Did I say the right thing? My hair's a little funny. You know, is that the correct message that people want to hear? And they're spending all their time there, literally 100% on the content. Well, let me tell you this. If you understand the distribution side of the coin, you can make literally anything go viral. And sometimes... Your strategy is to pay to play through strategic advertising, but there are plenty of free distribution growth hacks 
that people can leverage to get their content out to the masses. And I would argue that content is really 30% of the battle. The other 70% is distribution. And so many people say content is king, you know, post-consistent content. And that's all true. You need to have good content. You need to have a good foundation, something valuable that people want to share. But you can have the best video in the world. If no one sees it, you're not going anywhere. And that's the part that people starting out simply miss. They only rely on organic strategies, hashtags, and time. And sure, if you slowly build over the course of five or seven years, you can have a massive audience, but there are no guarantees there. And so I would say the biggest obstacle for so many people on social media, and literally how I went from no followers to over 800,000 fans on Facebook, zero to over 100 million views in less than 10 months. It's all about distribution and and that's really how it's done. Okay, you can't leave us with that cliffhanger saying it's 30% content, 70% distribution, and there's lots of free ways to get this and not talk about some of them unless it's like trade secrets. I don't want to push you. But like, where's the juicy part where we can take one of our IGTV videos or something like that and get it distributed in a big way? 100%. So um, the video needs to be great. I'll give you a couple content elements real quick. Um, Most people simply record their video on their iPhone or what what have you. You'll notice if you scrolled through your newsfeed on Facebook, your Instagram feed, the people who really get it, the big influencers out there are using certain elements to capture people's attention. Because Facebook, Instagram, these are interruption-based platforms. You have to literally stop someone in a split second, otherwise they scroll by you, right? So different elements that people can include that are so easy to implement. The headline, you've all seen these black bars, top and bottom of the video. Mm-hmm. It's an eye-catching headline. The headline is historically the ad for the ad, right? It's what gets people hooked. Uh, the subtitles, you know, 53% of people watch my videos on Facebook with the sound off. They're on the toilet, you know, they're in class, they're in a meeting. And if they can't consume that message, it doesn't matter what you're saying in the video. Without those subtitles there, no one gets it and no one understands what is going on, especially if it's a talking head type video. So those are some really quick and easy content strategies just to really polish off your content so that people want to like and comment and share and most importantly, stop and pay attention. Now, distribution-wise, I'll give you a really good one. This strategy literally led to over 80 million views for my videos on Facebook. And that is this. If you just think about it, sharing a video, and I have a million followers, and you're going to share a video, and you only have 2,000 friends on Facebook. If it's the same video, all else equal, who's going to get more views? Me, obviously, with the million followers. right? And so the entire challenge that people face is that they don't have an audience to begin with, Right. And so they're posting all this content and they think magically it's going to be discovered. And that's not the way things work unless your content's outrageous and you hit the viral lotto like some people have. But that is by far the minority. So here's what I did. And when I finally figured this out, I was literally grinding for like eight months, uh, pushing out content. Sometimes every single day, I was working my tail off, running around New York City 
doing magic tricks, you know, trying to come up with these motivational messages, all this stuff. And for eight months, nothing happened. And I was reading articles and all these people were just saying, focus on the content, just be consistent. And I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm like, it's been eight months. I've been consistent. You know, what's next? So then I one day had this idea. Okay. There are a bunch of other pages on Facebook sharing content similar to the content that I'm putting out. And these pages literally have audiences of millions of people. So if I can somehow figure out a way to either partner with these pages or potentially pay them to share my content with their audience of millions, I can essentially hijack that viewership and that attention and gain massive exposure without having to build this huge audience step-by-step on my own. So sure enough, first one I did, reached out to this page. I was able to work out a partnership. I went on a Skype call, all these things. Uh, it is you know, a, it's a less scalable process, but it can crush it for you if you actually put in the time. So we end up saying, okay, we'll take one of your videos. We're going to share it. I posted a video that morning on my own Facebook page. That page posted a video later that day. My video got 800 views. Their video got 800,000 views of me. Literally in like less than 24 hours, I went from 800 to almost a million views. Oh, wow. That's With insane. that one strategy. So it just makes sense, right? You have to reach the eyeballs. And sure, you can pay to do it, but not everyone can pull that off. What else can you leverage? Because I know everyone listening right now, they're like, well, I don't have the budget to pay these huge pages with millions of people because they usually want a few thousand bucks to share your post or whatever. So what Mm. what is the other strategy or, or what is your approach when you say you partner with them? Yeah. So I think one of the ways to do it, right? And you really have to find undervalued media is what I like to look for. So there are pages out there, maybe they only have, let's say, half a million fans or followers. And it doesn't matter. This works on Instagram. This works on Facebook. YouTube is a little bit different. That's more of a collaboration type scenario. But essentially, you try to find the diamond in the rough. You try to find this undervalued media, people who will sometimes share your content for free or they'll share your content without charging you a lot of money. And right now, as of today, you know, this year, Facebook is by far the cheapest, easiest, and fastest platform to grow a following on. It, I could literally get anyone a million views in, give me three days. And they would do that without spending thousands and thousands of dollars on Facebook ads or anything like that. So essentially what you have to do is, Keep an eye on these pages, monitor them, not go to the top dog who has 10 million followers. Go to someone who's maybe just starting out or a little further ahead than you. See if they'll share your content. The value for them is that they have great content for their page and for their audience, or you're paying them. And I've been quoted on Instagram. It's a bit more expensive than Facebook. I've been quoted $650 for someone to share one of my videos. And the crazy thing about it is they'll share it for six hours and then they actually take your video down. There's zero shelf life to it. Yep. So I'm looking for the pages that are going to say, hey, we will do a promotion or a share for $50, $25. And you're reaching, let's say, half a million people. 
And as a result, you gain a massive audience. You know, Instagram, what they would do is they would put a little credit tag for you where anyone can click over and then follow your page. But there are other strategies that are better because the conversion can sometimes be pretty low. Uh, on Facebook, when someone outright clicks that share button and shares your video, what happens is it's not posted on anyone's page but yours, but you get a big page that shares it to their following. So I found that the conversion can be much higher and also it's a lot cheaper to do business with them. Oh man, so good. And all this really just starts with doing the work of digging and looking for these undervalued pages. That's um, right. And just reaching out, right? That's it. And I would yeah, say the other half, what I heard is you can't have crappy content. Like your stupid quote tile probably isn't going to cut it. Like let's come up with some really good content. And that's true. And, and that's one thing. I mean, uh, like I said, you know, there is a caveat. 30%, I do still believe, is, is the content. Uh, distribution is of utmost importance, but you need to put some time into this content. I mean, the 15 minute Facebook live video or Instagram live video where you're rambling and there's, no thought structure to it. It's not exciting. There's no hook in the beginning of the video. It's just not going to do it. You know? And so many people, especially in, in my space, internet marketing, right? they take that approach. They see someone who's recording daily Facebook Lives. They think it's a good idea. But guess what? In, in my eyes, why are you spending so much time putting out this content if no one cares about it and no one's watching it? Right? You get a comment from your mom. It's not really the effect you're going for. You know, so the content does have to be good. It has to be tight. It has to get attention. And if you can do that and also get people to see it, well, then they share, they talk, they tag their friends. And that's how you start to create this viral effect. Dude, this is so good. I'm, I'm having a couple little breakthroughs here. The first one is stop doing things like Facebook Lives, which really is just providing content to your current followers, unless it's like a life changing Facebook Live, right? And start mm -hmm. asking yourself, how could I create content? to reach people who are not yet following me? Because those are two very different questions. Not how do Absolutely. I get on here and talk to the message that I know my current people already like. Screw that. Let's create something that we know the outlying group who we have not yet attracted would like. And that'll change yeah. what you create. Exactly. And there's a time and a place you know, for live video. I mean, I was actually one of the top 15 uh, Periscope influencers, if you remember that platform. Yeah, really for like a up. minute. Yeah, exactly. A couple of years ago. So, I mean, I get live content, but time and a place. Why would you say something in 15 minutes if you can say it in three? If you're providing value based content to teach someone something, sure, a live video is great. But I find that most people just default to live because they don't want to take the time to edit. And so it's just easy. Well, easy doesn't necessarily mean it's going to produce results for you. So good, man. I love it. Okay. So you, you've taken this expertise and you're packaging it up. What are you doing with it now for customers? Yeah, so I was actually, as you know, and as I mentioned, doing a lot of the brand deals with you know big agencies, big brands, monitoring, monitoring their ad spend and running their campaigns. But uh, since I've seen my own success and figured out the hard way, you know, all these loopholes and growth hacks and different things, I have decided to actually productize what I do and build these really awesome courses. I actually have five courses on the market right now. Anyone can get started for like nine bucks. Super, super cheap to get going. Where do we but, find them? This is not meant to be uh, a sales pitch, but I got to ask you, where yeah. do we find them? Uh, ViralSecrets.com is the site. ViralSecrets.com. Okay, awesome. Yeah. And it's been going really well. Literally, 
thousands and thousands of entrepreneurs, like real estate agents, doctors, dentists are going through these systems and they've generated, I don't have an, an accurate view count as of today, but put it this way, millions of views and millions of followers overall. So uh, the results are there, which is awesome. And I actually just launched that like five months ago. So, so uh, it's really cool to see a lot of incredible early results. So you know what it's like to you know, have momentum and to be building a business from, from nothing. And you also know what it's like to have built a business and have it tank and have to start again. Take me <laughs> yeah. back there because you built a company and mm-hmm. it did not turn out the way that everybody hoped. What happened? That's there? right. Yeah. So back to those Periscope days, I became one of the top 15 in the world on this platform. I felt like I really mastered it and, and understood it. And I, I also was coming, this is after the advertising days. So I was coming from this advertising background and I said, perfect. Let me combine everything I learned from advertising with everything I'm doing in live streaming. And so I created the first live stream influencer network. And I started this company. I raised a quarter million bucks from an investor, built a team of 10 people in New York City. And we had this really cool office and all these wonderful things. But I think that at that time, you know, I was 23 when this happened. I just didn't get it. You know, it was a means to an end. It was like, we will build this company. We're going to scale it. We're going to blow it up in two years and then we'll sell it for 30 million bucks and we'll all hang out, you know? And it just wasn't the right mission. Uh, There was no real heart behind it or passion besides making money. And that was a tough spot to be in. And I feel it was a very short sighted way to look at things. And so, sure enough, we ran it for about a year pretty successfully. We actually closed some really big deals um, with some. Massive brands, Bose, Verizon, you know, tons of others. It was like their first live stream campaign, but it just wasn't sustainable. You know, Periscope didn't become the next Instagram. And at the end of the day, we had to uh, close the doors. And that was really, really difficult for me. What would you have done different when you look back on it? You know, actually, when I look back, I don't think I would have done anything differently. I would have changed my mindset 100% and not pursued it in the first place unless I was really tied to the mission. Now with what I'm doing, it's incredibly rewarding because I'm helping entrepreneurs like myself, right? Go viral, build this following. They're like a few steps behind me. So it's really cool. And and there's a lot of passion for me behind that um, because I've been there. But so I would say number one is mindset. I wouldn't have chased the money. Uh, But number two, I really don't think there's much else I could have done. You know, if they're was a company in that space that all of a sudden was acquired for 50 million bucks, I would have said, well, then clearly our strategy was off. You know, we could have done a bunch of things differently. But it's just that I jumped in too early. You know, I was seeing a ton of success on this platform. I was super passionate about it. I probably needed a reality check before I jumped into a platform that wasn't fully proven. And I basically just went for it. And unfortunately, we couldn't predict that the numbers would, you know, tamper off, and all of a sudden, the you know ad budgets just didn't continue to move that way. We got some early tests; it was a flash in the pan. But after that, see you later. You know, so I probably would have checked myself a little bit, really thought about why I'm doing this, if it's the right mission in the first place and opportunity. John, when did you know that it had totally tanked? And what were you thinking on that day or in that moment? Oh, man. I didn't know what to think. I was uh, 
devastated, really. Uh, part devastated, part scared, not really sure. But when I knew it tanked is literally our company bank account was approaching zero. There was about $2 million in the pipeline of deals that might close. But we just kept hearing no after no after no. And that pipeline started to decrease. Now it's like, okay, we only have like $400,000 in the pipeline. And so far, everyone's just saying no. So what are we going to do? And sure, if a couple of those deals came through, we would have been back in business. Everything would have been great, but it just didn't happen. And so we pushed it till the very end. I was like working 18 hours a day. The team is coming in and we're all trying really hard. But uh, when that bank account started to go down, I mean, there was no way out. And I literally tried everything I could think of. And I eventually, my heart's pounding. I stood up from my chair and I just went out on the balcony and had to give the talk. And I had to look everyone in the eyes and, you know, knowing that these people believed in me and tell them that I just didn't see a way out. And uh, fortunately, they all found incredible jobs. Everyone bounced back. You know, they're doing amazing things now, but it was a really tough time. Man, I can only imagine what that felt like. What did you learn from that and how'd you bounce back? So what I learned from that is essentially to love the process, right? To really enjoy every moment, to do something that makes you feel good at the end of the day. Because if you don't have something in your core driving you to get out of bed every morning, to keep you excited, just the idea of making money will eventually probably wear off. And so if you have a deeper mission and you're really tied to that. That's how you create lasting success. So that's definitely one thing that I learned from that and have taken into my life right now. I just what want to stop you there real quick because I literally just got off one of my mastermind calls for a mastermind that I run. And one person had asked this question. They said, I've got this opportunity. I think it's going to make a ton of money. It's not really where I pictured myself being, but it seems like a slam dunk to make a lot of money. And my advice was don't do it because when you do something for the money, it never works out. It's the wrong right. reason to do things. And so the, the fact that that was your takeaway I think is just so applicable and such an important message for people to hear. Mm-hmm. Thanks. I love it. So that was your lesson. How did you pull yourself up by the bootstraps and make this comeback? Because you're on fire right now. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. You know, for about eight months, actually, it was a really tough time. So for four of those eight months, I tried running the company by myself, literally sales, executing campaigns, just to make this work. Because one thing I did was I actually decided to pay my investor back the money and out of my personal bank account, which essentially left me with nothing. And so I had a little money to live, but I was trying to recoup all of these expenses. So I ran the company by myself for four months and eventually I just hit rock bottom. I went to a sales meeting. I drove an hour and a half. I was I came to LA for that sales meeting and the guy just ghosted on me. He was in an airport and wasn't even in the office. And I just sat in the car and I cried and I was like, this is not it. So I finally recognized there are other opportunities out there. I have to shake things up. And so I was like pretty bummed out for four months. I read a ton of books, 30 books looking for answers. And I learned through that process and tying back to my quote in the beginning, if I'm just reading all these books, I'm not doing anything to better myself. Mm. And so I spent like, 
another four months, you know, feeling sorry for myself. And then finally I had this epiphany and it's like, enough is enough, dude. You got to stop dwelling on this or thinking about what you did wrong or what could have changed. You have to get back up and go at it. And so one quote that really inspired me was the secret to living is giving in Tony Robbins book. And I didn't know what to do at this time, but I know that there was this massive theme in all of these self-help books and improvement books of going out there and giving. And so I essentially was a guy with no company, no money, no idea what to do next. And all I decided to do was give. And I didn't even have a lot to give. And so I went back from LA to New York City. I went on the streets of New York. I started just trying to do nice things for people. And that was almost a therapy time for me to get back on my feet, to realign myself and to center myself. And after going through those motions, I said, okay, I got it. And I started putting out content on social media. I went back to my roots and I wanted to really inspire people with a message and help other people that were going through tough times too. And I think that's one thing that's important to mention. You know, it's okay if you're in it right now that will still inspire someone who's also in that situation. And I think so many people wait until they're the expert or they wrote their book or they did this to try to make an impact. And for me, I bounce back by taking action, by doing something I was passionate about, and by having a deep mission that kept me moving through the tough time. It's interesting. I don't think you know this about me, but about four and a half years ago, I read 30 books in 30 days. And my message through all those 30 books, because they're all very different from each other, was that giving was the secret to everything you want. So it's really funny that you bring that up. Yeah, everywhere. It's crazy, man. So connected dots a little better for us. You went out, you started giving, you're kind of at a low, and that's when you had the breakthrough of, wait a minute, this is what I'm going to do. How did the giving, because that's the ethos of this show, provide you with that breakthrough? So I saw all of these people in these really difficult situations. And some of them were terminally ill, some of them addicted to drugs or homeless. Um, and yet, you know, the vast majority of those people were able to stay so positive. And so essentially what that did for me is it gave me hope. It's like, dude, big deal. Your company failed. You know, you're fine. You have your health, your family. And so that experience really showed me gratitude. And instead of thinking about why'd this go wrong or what happened there, I started being grateful and reflecting on what I did have in my life and what I did have going for me and the foundation that I could build off of. And so that's what that experience really showed me at the end of the day. Wow, I freaking love it. So this is really why I wanted to have you on the show is because I know about your ethos for giving and, and the fact that you love charity and raising money for charity so much, especially through your magic. And I want to make sure I've got this right. You've helped raise over a half a million dollars for numerous charitable organizations. Is that right? Absolutely. And you even yeah. like use and leverage your videos as a kind of this innovative new vehicle for charitable giving. Is that right? Uh, so that is a that's definitely a part of it. So actually, back in the Periscope days, I was using Periscope and this audience that I built. We started a GoFundMe. We accepted donations, and then I went out and I found strategic ways to give that money away. And the audience and the people who donated were able to see their impact in real time on Periscope and, and through this live stream platform. So I've, I've definitely done that. 
But the majority of the giving that I've done over the years is by using my skills as a magician to run fundraisers and benefit dinners and to uh, essentially attract ticket sales for a lot of these big charity events. So yeah, it's multifaceted. I've I've done a, a lot of giving. It's one of the things I'm super passionate about. If I look back at my most powerful moments in my life, they're all giving related. But the most impactful giving for me, I really do believe anyone can write a check. You know, it's great. But to actually take your time and see the impact or help someone through something or create lasting change in someone, for me, that's the coolest thing ever. And I just really enjoy that. Wow, I love that. Why do you think giving means so much to you? I think it's the way I was brought up. I think it really has a lot to do with my parents. And they definitely got me started on this path. I would have magic shows come in and requests come in for different opportunities that weren't always paid. Uh, it might be you know, raising money for a family that had their house burned down or someone who's been through a tragedy. And these were you know, shows to benefit them. And I was just trained to never really turn those down. To, to always accept them and go there and give it my all and make an impact. And it was cool for me because at first I was thinking, oh, well, you know, it'd be nice to have the 300 bucks for that show. But once I started doing it from like the age of 11 or so, I really started to get it and um, have some really special moments from that time. Do you have a favorite moment of giving that really sticks with you? And by the way, I ask everybody this question mm. on the show. So I'm really anxious to hear yours. Let me see if I can do this without crying. Hey man, um, cry away if you have to. Yeah. <laughs> so when I was probably 13 years old, I had one of these magic show requests. And it was an older woman who called me up and she said, my granddaughter is dying of cancer. And um, we were trying to do a benefit dinner to raise money for her medical expenses. And we wanted to do something really special. And is there a way you could perform a show for us? And so, you know, at 13, I was taking my own calls and my reaction was yes. You know, when's the date? Let's go and do it. And so I went to the show. And at that time, you know, my parents were driving me to these shows. My little sister was my cute little assistant, you know, and she'd hand me the bunny <laughs> and the boxes and all this stuff. And we did a really great job, right? I went out there, I gave it my all and uh, just really tried to make this a special and memorable event for everyone. And so that was kind of it, right? Uh, after that, didn't hear anything. You know, I did my job, life went on, all that stuff. And probably... Three or four years later, I got this letter in the mail, Chris, and um, it is it is my my most prized possession, and uh, I don't even know if I can I don't even know if I can read it to you, man. But seriously, this thing, if I'm ever feeling sad or going through a tough time, like this is it. So here we go. Just give me one sec. I'll yeah. I'll get it together here. Take your time, man. All right, so here we go. Friday, 3-17-2006. Dear Jonathan, I'm pleased to read the occasional articles in the newspaper 
about your numerous public appearances. Congrats on your continued success as an upcoming performer. You may remember doing a benefit act at the Glastonbury United Methodist Fellowship Hall as entertainment following a benefit pasta dinner on the occasion of the sixth birthday celebration for my little great granddaughter, Annabelle. She wasn't feeling at all well that evening, but was fascinated with your magic show and baffled by the birthday cake segment and of course loved the bunny and the birds. Many thanks for your kindness, professionalism, and terrific ability to capture the attentions of children and adults. Your family's assistance was noticed as well. You're fortunate to have their backing. Following a short period of near remission, Annabelle's brain tumor recurred in force. And she spent last summer at Children's Hospital in Boston, passed away August 26, 2005. Since you probably missed the obituary in the paper, I thought you should be aware that the evening of October 27, 2003, was one of her favorite events. Thanks to you. I'm, I'm sorry I haven't written sooner. I've been extremely ill this past October, haven't been able to do the most basic functions. Belated thank you for your most thoughtful help to make a little girl happy for a little while. Best wishes to you and your family, Annabelle's mom, Felicity, and her grandmother, Linda, and I, her great grandmother, are all grateful for the kindnesses you extended to our darling little girl. Wow. Dude. <sighs> that was the that was the giving moment, man. That was all time greatest. There's nothing like it. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing oh, that. Obviously dude. that wasn't wasn't easy for you. How often do you go back to that letter? Uh I would say whenever Whenever times are tough, you know, if I'm feeling sorry for myself or um, if I'm thinking about not doing something perhaps that I don't want to do, I look at that letter and I think to myself that one little thing, one little thing that you do can just create a ripple effect, you know, and I think that's something important for people to understand. Uh, sometimes, like, it's a compliment, it's a look, it's a smile, it's something you said or did for someone years ago. And this was like a magic show, right? And who knew that this was like one of the most special moments of this girl's life. And uh, I just think that's incredible. So I go back to it probably once or twice uh, a month or whenever there's a real pivotal moment in my life. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. It, that means, yeah, man, that was rough. I'm sorry. That means the world. Don't be. Are you kidding me? That's. Thank you so much for sharing that. What do you want us to take away from this? I would say, go out there and really live your dreams, even if it requires massive sacrifice, a pay cut, you know, um, some really tough obstacles. Go out there, give it your all. And everything will fall into place. And uh, I think that we're all here for a reason. And you have to identify what that gift is. It might take time. It's not going to happen overnight. But once you find it, you got to embrace it. And you got to get it out to as many people as possible. Man, I love that. That's an incredible message. It, it's almost an answer to the very last question I always ask. And that's, you know, why should people be unapologetic about their pursuit of success? But you literally just nailed it. Like, 
this is what we're put here to do is to create, use whatever leverage we have, whatever superpowers we have to create these very special moments and pay it forward in other people's lives. That's right, man. That's what it's all about. I love it. Hey, listen, where can we follow you? Uh, at Jonathan Jakes, Facebook and Instagram. And that's uh, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N-J-A-C-Q-U-E-S. And remind us again where we can get some of your courses. Yeah, it's viralsecrets.com is the site. We'll make sure that, of course, we put those things in the show notes. So sure. I am going to ask you this question, even though you kind of answered it already. Yeah, I um, Because I think it's just always such a great nail in the coffin, so to speak here. And so why should people be unapologetic about their pursuit of success? I really think at the end of the day, you have to lay uh, your head on the pillow at night and just answer to you, right? And you have to be unapologetic because we get one shot at this man and uh, there are no redos. So if you are going to try to build this life, you might as well build it big and you might as well try to be as successful as you can become and impact as many people as you can. Because I think the worst thing would be when all this is over to have massive regret. And that's why you can't apologize for it. You just have to do it. Man, I love it. I couldn't agree more with you. I can't thank you enough, not just for the really tactical good stuff that you gave us early, but more importantly, for your vision, your view on giving and for reading that letter. My God, that's, I can't believe you made it through that letter, man. But that was a gift, that was a gift <laughs> to us. Me neither, man. I'm back now. Thank you. <laughs> Man, I sure appreciate you. I know everyone listening appreciates you. And we're going to make sure we get all of your contact info in the show notes. Go check out Jonathan Jakes. He is honestly one of the most impressive, awesome, entertaining human beings in this space of creating virality and in this space of creating um, positive messaging that I've ever seen. And, and so I, call it, I consider it a, a privilege to be developing this friendship with you, man. Thanks, my man. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.